Welcome to the Intention Training Podcast, where we talk about training, mindset, nutrition, wellness, and self-care. Welcome back to the Intention Training Podcast. This is Roy and Jen checking in on Sunday, July 12th. It's been about two weeks since we last spoke. Thanks to everybody who listened to our last show. We really appreciated you guys contributing some awesome questions for us. Um, Today, we're going to move in a little bit of a different direction. But before we do, we're just going to check in with each other, give you guys some updates on what we've been up to for the past two weeks. Jen, you get us started. What's new with you? Wow, such a tough question. Um just working I worked a four-day week wow Wow. seriously wow I feel like I've been um on summer vacation since March you have been (laughs) yes so that was it was refreshing I think to like feel needed and like I had obligations that were outside of the apartment um so that was cool what are some of the things you're learning while working with the younger kids at Um, I'm definitely learning how to challenge them in a way that doesn't make them feel bad at what they're doing. So like if they're like, I can't do this, I will go over and spend extra time with them. And I'll never say like, you can't do this. I'll be like, okay, so for this week, let's try this. And the next week we're going to progress to this. Quick follow-up, and I want to provide a little context. Most of you probably know, I think we mentioned it last show, um, but in case you didn't hear, Jen is working as an assistant strength coach at Creed and Durham Hall High School. Um, what ages are the kids you're working with? From, like, fifth to um, 11th. So it's a wide range. Um, wide my, range. My follow-up was, how do you balance or determine, like, which approach to take Um, In terms of like, well, a kid tells you, you know, I can't do this exercise or I can't do this weight. How do you know when it's time to um, either regress an exercise and provide an alternative or maybe they just don't believe in themselves and know that they can do it? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, when do you push and say you can actually you just you're not trying either you're not trying hard enough or. You're not giving it a chance or... I think it's hard because some kids don't want to look dumb in front of their friends. Mm -hmm. So, and you can definitely tell when a kid feels that way. Like they're joking. They're not looking at me. They're looking at their friends. They're making light of themselves. Um, Some kids, I'll be like, okay, so if I'm teaching a back squat onto a box, I'll be like, okay, well, get under the bar and let's see what you're doing here. If they're getting under there and they're checking my eyes like at every step I know that they're they're trying to get it right um then I can usually be like okay well here's some things that are going wrong or that aren't working right now let's change these things and usually it works out okay then but for some of the littler kids because I am working with like fifth graders they're just they don't have that coordination yet and I'm not going to working with me for 20 minutes isn't going to fix that Mm -hmm. so that's when I kind of have to be like, okay, well, we need to switch to dumbbells or we need to switch to something that is similar and is going to keep their attention more. Because it's not only like they can't perform the movement, it's like this isn't stimulating for them. And as somebody going into sixth grade or fifth grade, I don't think the most important thing for them is to learn how to do a back squat onto a box. Uh, onto a box I think the most important thing for them is to start associating strength training with like having fun and having it help you get better at your sport so i'll be like well kids won't be 
kids will like start bending at their knees first. And I'm like, is that how you wait for a ball in the outfield? Is that like how you squat when you're waiting out there? Or is your butt back more? Are you in a crouched position? And then that really gets their attention. And they're like, okay, well, I understand the position you want me to be in now. So I think it really, it's very situational. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, yeah, that was a great answer. Um, I the, You speaking on that brought up an interesting kind of like phenomenon for me where at least when I was growing up playing sports, I don't know if you experienced this, but it seems pretty common that the most talented players on the field or in the sport just tended and this isn't this isn't true for all cases by any means but the most talented kids or the the biggest producers on the field or in the sport tended to like make light of the weight room or not really care Mm. because they maybe didn't see the transfer Mm -hmm. to sport but I definitely know what you're talking about in terms of like kids just joking around or not taking things seriously and and weirdly enough in my experience my personal experience I found that a lot of times it's some more talented kids um which is interesting Mm -hmm. um but this this kind of hits on a larger topic, which really could make an episode in and of itself, but just how you approach communicating with different types of athletes and people. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked a little bit about the neurotyping system that Christian Thibodeau came up with, which basically assesses an, a person and an athlete on a bunch of different characteristics involving um, how they produce and respond to adrenaline. And that assessment is going to base is going to help influence how you train an athlete and how you communicate with them, which I think is really interesting. I definitely don't practice that. There's like a, it's, it's a a paid quiz you have to Mm -hmm. take to get that profile, but I try and take that concept and apply it to, um, my own personal training where some clients may do better with, um, machines and pushing to failure where others Mm -hmm. may do better with free weights and really focusing on technique and execution. Um, everybody's different in that way. Yeah. And I think with this experience, I've learned how to explain how to do the exercise in a few different ways. So I'm going to demonstrate it myself for those that are visual learners. Mm -hmm. And then for like the more kinesthetic learners who need to feel things hands on, especially when we're talking about where the bar goes on your back. Right. I'm not really supposed to touch the kids, but you have to sometimes. I, yeah, I'm, I will point to the spot and be like, right here is where you should be feeling it. And for the people who kind of need to know what to feel, I'll be like, you should be feeling a squeezing in the mm-hmm. back of your hamstrings when I'm t- teaching like um, a glute bridge or something like that. Yeah. So I think that you have to really be mindful of the fact that kids learn in different ways. And you're probably going to have to rehash things a few times. Yeah. And in general, I just think it's smart. Like, I think you have more kind of swings, if you will, at um, hammering something home for an, an athlete if you give them multiple different ways to remember it or to mm-hmm. kind of ingrain it. Um, I really like that. Um, and another thing that this brings to mind for me, and then we'll keep going because we're getting off on tangents, but I think this is good stuff. Um I think there is a kind of a baseline importance for knowing anatomy, obviously not for fifth and sixth graders, Mm -hmm. but for adults, I think it does, it can really kind of level up your training. If you just know muscle actions, like what, what do my triceps do? Oh, they extend the elbow. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause that really allows you to hone in on the muscle that you're training and 
Um, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of this term, but that mind muscle connection. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one more thing I was going to bring up, but I cannot remember. So what else is new with you? That's pretty much it. I pretty think. much it. Mostly working. You got a new tattoo. Yeah, I got a new tattoo. The foot is not as bad as people say. Like I was, I was fine. Um, I think the hand has been like the front of my hand near the knuckles has been the most painful spot. Um, got a new tattoo, so that was really fun. And then, um, yeah, I was supposed to do a push-pull meet with my dad, um, early August, but it got shifted to late August. So I'm not going to do it anymore because I'm doing a full power meet in October. And I'd rather, well, the meet might get canceled and then it would suck to peak my bench and my deadlift for a meet just to have it be canceled, which would leave me less time to train. Um, so I just decided to back out of that. Um, just because it's kind of a headache for me. And then for Trevor, if the meet gets pushed back again. One more question for you. And this is easy for me because I know what's going on with you. Mm -hmm. Um, so I can make sure you're not forgetting things, but you recently started working with Rogers reset. How has that impacted your training and what types of things are you doing, um, in terms of warmups and rehab? So Tony Rogers provides a ton of free um free resources on his Instagram page and I wouldn't have known how to put those things together if I hadn't reached out to him um beyond that like he he takes care of all of my warm-ups instead of Trevor now so I'm doing really extensive warm-ups I think they're a lot longer than I'm used to but I, I do always feel warm and I experience a lot of lateral quad and tfl pain when i'm squatting or when i'm lunging um anytime i'm hinging with a knee bend really but it's gotten so much better like i would notice it going up and down the stairs even on days when i wasn't squatting or didn't just have a squat workout um so i think that they're getting better so what types of stuff have you been implementing um a lot of smr a lot of smr work and then taking my joints what is smr sorry self myofascial release so i only really use the foam roller for my quads but i'm using a lacrosse ball with a sock which you know somebody asks you to put a lacrosse ball in a sock and they're like okay but don't hit anybody with it like I'm gonna, I want to hit somebody with it, but it's only supposed to go on your back. Um, and then just taking my, my body through ranges of motion. That's not like stretching. It's, it's active. So I think it's made me think a lot about my positioning too, and about how I can get my core to work together with my legs a little bit better. Um, yeah, but I would suggest Tony Rogers for anybody who's experiencing, Um, discomfort or pain you want to get that early because you know it can it might start off like oh this kind of hurts but if it's recurring you definitely want to get it on it right away because I think if I would have reached out a little bit earlier I don't think that I would have I would be experiencing the pain that I do when I squat for sure what's new with you um well before I speak I just wanted to uh So SMR, self myofascial release, 
you mentioned using a lacrosse ball. Basically all of that is, is working on your soft tissue. Um, either could be foam roll, could be lacrosse ball, but essentially you're just kind of rolling around on mm-hmm. the muscle and trying to find knots or, or hot spots and trying to find that release. So staying on that hot spot for 30 seconds and trying to just get an, an acute release. Uh, I just want to make sure people mm-hmm. knew what that was. Um, what's new with me? Um, a lot of the same. I'm, I had this past week off from my internship, which was really nice. Um, personal training is picking up. Got a little bit of a wait list going now, which is pretty cool, but um, I wish I could help everybody, of course. Um, the small group classes have been going pretty good. And man, I finished my summer class. So now I just am going to do some studying for the the real CSCS exam. Um I think it should be fine. And then, you know, then I'll hopefully graduate this fall and can start looking for work and deciding what I want to do next. So that's all exciting. I just wrapped up a six week um, block of training myself. So this week I'll be deloading. Um, For those of you who don't know, basically a deload is just kind of tapering down the volume, the overall training volume you're doing, the intensity is coming down and you typically are doing some things that you don't normally do um, in your everyday training. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, that's pretty much it for me. Just reading a lot, a lot of the same. Um, yeah. So before we get into the, the topic we chose, um, for today's podcast, I wanted to take a minute to talk about, um, some things that are vastly more important. Um, first, first and foremost, Brianna Taylor, Brianna Taylor's killers are still free. Um, the officer who shot Brianna, Brett Hankinson, I believe Hank Hankinson, who who cares? Fuck him. Um, who actually has a history of police misconduct and sexual abuse, was fired but has not been prosecuted. The other two officers who were present and participated um, in the killing of Brianna Taylor are named John Mattingly and Miles Cosgrove and remain on the police force. This case is under independent investigation by the Attorney General Daniel Cameron and no timeline has been provided. Brianna's family has filed a lawsuit. Yes? I just want to say I saw on somebody's story that they were reading um, a report on like CNN or something like that about Rihanna Taylor's um, death. And they were like, well, it says here that she was actually by the front door. I've been seeing the narrative that she was in bed sleeping. Here's the thing. I don't give a shit. Like, honestly, I don't I don't care if she was by the door because that was the wrong house. These mm-hmm. were people in regular ass clothes. The man who they were actually looking for was arrested 10 hours. I believe I'm pretty sure I read either 10 miles away or 10 hours earlier, something like that. And, and you're right. It, the warrant was not for her house. I think people that hang on to these little things just want um, any reason for themselves to just be like, okay, well, you know, it wasn't exactly all the truth. So I don't really need to be worried about Brianna Taylor's or like murder because the narrative, like, well, who knows what really happened? Yeah. There's two sides to every story. Like, no, somebody died. Somebody died at the hands of police for no, absolutely no reason. Go on. Okay. Um, I wanted to provide some action you can take. So I found a website called standwithbree.com where there is a petition going. There is also a list of numbers you can call. Um, That's S-T-A-N-D-W-I-T-H-B-R-E.com. I encourage everybody to check it out. The next order of business 
Very sadly, I don't. Oh, I do have the date on this. This happened on July 4th um, in Seattle. A 24-year-old named Summer Taylor was killed during a protest on a closed highway in Seattle on July 4th. The driver has been charged with vehicular homicide, vehicular assault, and reckless driving with bail at $1.2 million. Um, as far as I could find, he has not been bailed out, which is good. Um, but obviously, thoughts and prayers to Summer Taylor's family. Um, this is a really, really heinous act. And it yeah. could have happened in Minneapolis, too, because we had that semi mm -hmm. on the closed highway. And you, you just hate to see it. Mm -hmm. Moving on, <laughs> just more and more tragedy. But I do sincerely believe that it's important to be aware of what's going on so that we can address it, uh, that we can talk about it, and that we can hopefully take action against it. So there's been ridiculous violence going on in Chicago. 17 people were killed, including two children, and 63 were injured in Chicago over the 4th of July weekend alone. Um, this caused the city to send 1,200 additional police officers um, out on the streets, which we all know is only going to accentuate these issues. Um, there have been 254 homicides in Chicago this year alone. Um, that pace is, is outracing last year's and it's only July. So the last thing that I wanted to, um, well, I actually have two more things to discuss on the social justice front, but I believe they're all important and that we need to make time for them. So the 1921 Tulsa race massacre, um, it is an event that I'll admit I was not totally aware of. I had heard of it, but um, it they were celebrating the anniversary fairly recently. Um, and there is an ongoing project of excavation where they're actually looking to dig up potential mass grave sites um, as a result of this giant massacre. But basically, um, this happened at and around Black Wall Street, which we all hear about, but is not in a lot of our history textbooks. So I encourage you to do your own reading um, on Black Wall Street. But essentially, white people were mad that black people were experiencing so much success. And they decided to take matters into their own hand. Um, in 1921, the, the, there were... 10,000 white people that flooded into a city of Greenwood. They looted, burned, shot, and even bombed black residents. Um, 35 city blocks were burned, over 800 were injured, and as many as 300 people were dead. Um, like I said, this event does not get the acknowledgement that it should. Um, and I think it's important to be aware of that and to educate yourself on it. Like I said, this... Um, there is a test ex excavation um, where they're looking at mass potential mass grave sites of bodies from these happenings, um, which was put on hold due to the coronavirus. Um, but they're looking to move forward with that. So um, keep your eyes on that. That'll be very interesting and telling to see what they find. Um, the very last thing on this front is that the anniversary of Eric Garner's death will be July 17th, which I believe is this upcoming Friday, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, I just wanted to make sure that we 
acknowledge that fact and that we don't forget that our current attorney general, William Barr, and the Justice Department chose not to charge the guilty officer whose name is Daniel Pantaleo. So that's all I got. Thanks for taking us through that. I think it's really important that we all keep these things in our daily routine. And you know what? This took me 30 minutes to do this research and I'm so glad I did. And it, having this knowledge, I just feel it, it really arms you to be able to have an impact and take action in your daily life, whatever realm you're in. I think it's so important that we all like for us, we're personal trainers. You may think, OK, what does that have to do with social justice or fighting for racial equality? Well, it informs the decisions and the actions we take every single day. Mm-hmm. It informs the policies and the practices that we choose to employ when we are forming our own business. So it is relevant. It's relevant to all of us. This is all of our problem and we all have a role to play. I think people like to say like, let's not make things political when in reality, everything is political and your, your ability to say, Hey, I don't really want to make this political is a political stance. Like you do have that privilege to be like, I don't have to worry about, um, the fact that if I don't raise my voice on this, I might suffer from it later. You just be like, hey, okay, well, I don't I don't really want to talk about it because it kind of makes me uncomfortable. And like second of all, it's not it's not like political. It's like your human instincts, your human nature. Like And it may not be urgent for us as white folks, but people's lives are in danger. And I, yeah. You can't do everything, but you can do something. And you should be actively trying to do that something that you can do. And if you're not, then I sincerely think that you're, you're complicit and you're contributing to the tragedies that happen every single day. All right. On a lighter note, um, we actually do have just a pretty light and fun topic for today. Um, We're just going to discuss navigating social media, toxic gym culture, and the blessing and curse of comparison and competition. So since I kind of ran that little research segment there, Jen, I'm kind of going to give you the floor here. Um, Mm -hmm. I tend to not to try not to, um, for lack of a better term, sip the haterade and -hmm. judge people. um, On the gym culture, not saying that you do, Mm -hmm. um, but I think that you are much more aware of it than I am, at least in our own gym. And we're not going to, of course, call anybody out by name or anything like that, but just maybe we'll kind of take the approach of like, if we're running a gym, what kind of culture do we want to create or what do we not want to have in an ideal gym environment? Does that make sense? Yeah. Here's the thing. I feel like most behaviors that you see in the gym are acceptable in certain circumstances this would be like taking up a whole mirror to do posing that can be acceptable in certain circumstances um using a lot of equipment can be acceptable in certain circumstances but there is one thing that is absolutely not acceptable and that's not cleaning up after yourself stop doing that stop just okay i'm not you guys but like just clean up after yourself i think you need to to make the gym and leave the gym a place where people can 
come in and get the same quality workout that you just got. Like everybody needs to feel welcomed and comfortable because if you don't feel comfortable in a place like where you actively have to be uncomfortable, why would you want to go there? What do you think? I agree with that one. Um, I guess the biggest thing for me is just being aware of the space that you're occupying because, and this becomes an issue, um, when like for us, we have the small groups, Mm -hmm. just trying to make sure that you're not demanding the entire space that you're in and that everybody else is still able to accomplish what they need to get done. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's really important and just kind of being like a good Samaritan, a good gym goer. Um, I totally agree with the equipment thing. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't want things to be nice for the best person but like it all goes back to the cliche of like leave things better than you found them Mm -hmm. um i totally agree with that and right now obviously it's super pressing that everybody wipes stuff down but Mm -hmm. i still people see people number one okay so like wearing a mask when you're exercising it's tough it sucks i do believe everybody should make an effort to do it when you can um I, I'm not going to say that I wear mine hundred percent of the time. I, I definitely don't. Um, I, de- I, the best thing we can do is make a sincere effort to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that the current like sanctions do not require that you wear a mask while exercising, but I still well, think it's the right thing to do if you can. The gym has control over it. Well, so here's the thing. I overheard them saying that they can put those signs up and stuff, but they can't actually enforce that everybody has to wear one. So the onus is is really on you. And especially if you're in there and you're not exercising, like you're training people, I'm really bad about just pulling mine down and keeping it like around my neck. Mm -hmm. I I need to get better at that. But I always try to have mine with me. And I think everybody else should do the same. And just Mm -hmm. wiping your shit down and just doing the little things goes a long way. Well, because how silly do you feel when an older person walks in with a mask? Like shouldn't old people be able to go to the gym? That's literally the population that needs the gym the most. And you don't want to wear a mask because it's inconvenient and it's stupid. And like, just think of, think about other people now and always. So let's take this in a little bit of a different direction. In can, terms, I, can I say one more yeah, thing? Go ahead. I think also when you're at the gym, like what your PRs are, are numbers that matter to you, but you shouldn't go into the gym thinking that you're better than anybody. And I think this also applies to personal trainers. Mm -hmm. Like if you have way more clients than a smaller trainer, that doesn't mean that you get to occupy the same space. And that doesn't mean, I mean more space. And that doesn't mean that you get priority over equipment. I think like you should, you should treat everybody exactly the same and you should treat your treat them as if they're above you if anything because I feel like that happens a lot you have a few more famous social media presences in your gym and then they just come in and leave shit out um because they have like sponsors and stuff um wow that was well I didn't say any names no you didn't you didn't um Anyways, no, if I could, if I, if I may, yeah, um, I told, I love that point that your PRs don't matter to me, like being strong, there's so much more to being strong than actually the weight that you lift. Mm -hmm. Like all strength is, is relative. I I think somebody that benches 135 can be stronger than somebody who benches 405. Mm -hmm. 
it, it all depends on how you look at strength. Mm-hmm. And I think that some people think that because they're strong, they're the strongest person in the gym or they're one of the stronger people in the gym that in, entitles them to, mm-hmm. I need, okay, I need the monolith then, or yeah. I need this certain squat rack and this bar. Well, the other person was there first and, and about, they pay the same g- gym fee that you yeah. do. And how about you learn how to just be adaptable? Like there, I know a lot of people who are like, I need this specific bench. And I'm like, okay, but you're not going to have this specific bench at a meet. Like why, why do you need to train with, or I need, oh shoot, I forgot my specific shoes. Sorry. Like, you and the thing is like everybody, everybody has a favorite yeah. thing like just because it's your favorite doesn't mean it's not their favorite too and if mm-hmm. they got there first anyway i just i just don't like that I, I don't like when people look down on somebody because they feel that they're not as strong or not as knowledgeable or anything like that i think we should all be looking to build each other up as best we can and we all get jealous and we all this is this is all going to tie in when we talk about comparison competition social media but as best you can, I, I try to just go and focus on whatever task is at hand, whether I'm training somebody or whether I'm going in for my own workout and just focus on that. Be polite to the people around you. Um, and, and like Jen said, be adaptable. People are going to like steal your machines. People are going to take shit. Um, you're not going to be able to find whatever equipment you need. Stuff happens like that every single day. But you can and you can either let it impact you and let it ruin your workout and give you put you in a bad mood, or you can just adapt and move on and make the best of it. So that's that's a huge one. Um, if we take this in a little bit of a different direction and talk about how this influences uh, people like social media in general and and how we navigate it in the the fitness space and I guess in general. Um, one thing that's been getting on on my nerves a lot and I, just something that I don't really abide by um, in my personal approach is I, I don't like when people throw in like implements or modalities that don't serve a purpose, like especially in the sports performance space. I see a lot of people uh, throwing in agility ladders or hurdles just because they think like it looks cool or you need to be using equipment. Um and I think there's there's something to that because obviously athletes enjoy that and it makes it fun. So I, I think there's a time and place. But like if you're posts, you're always looking to post a different exercise, like one that's never been seen before using different equipment or always, you know, just thinking that like you're the best and brightest out there. I, I personally don't approach things that way. I think I always look to learn from others Um And then if I am presenting like a concept that I use, I never, I try to never do so in an absolute, like this Mm -hmm. is the way to go. I try Mm -hmm. to look at it more of as a discussion. Like, do you implement this strategy? If you don't, why not? Mm -hmm. Um, If you do, in what circumstances do you use it? Um, You know, and I I always want to be able to listen to alternatives and and grow because you're going to, at the end of the day, you're going to be a lot smarter and a lot stronger if you're willing to work with other people than if you're going to try and go it alone and believe that you are the, uh, omnipotent. Yeah. No, Look at that word. I, I see a lot. I see a lot of that. And I think that ties into our discussion about like, I need this specific thing because your body doesn't know, like your, your body can't tell you, okay, well, 
um, we're working with like these aren't kilo plates or yeah or like we're working with um, hurdles with these specific hurdles so I need to perform this way your body just knows what you're asking it to do so I feel like that ties in a lot with like um, kind of being needy but <laughs> like just because um, you're working in absolutes I think that's something um, I, I like to throw in the showy exercises that people like for for my clients who are looking for just like general fitness. I like to throw in like the showy battle ropes and stuff like that at the at the end of the session, because um, you, they're still going to get some value from it. But the placebo effect is really real. Like, oh, I did battle ropes. Um, those are supposed to be really hard. So then they feel really good about themselves when they when they're done. And it's it's more fun than a lot of the conventional stuff that has been like shown to work um I think that's an equally important part of personal training and I think it has its place but I think that um it's going to be more effective for your clients to have consistency and to know what to expect out of their days than just like coming into the gym and um just for the sole purpose of fun unless that's what they're paying you for you know yeah that I totally agree with that and I'm not gonna say that I never use hurdles or I never use battle ropes I totally do and I, I do think you have to just weigh everything um because you're right you do want your client to enjoy it you want them to think that it's cool you want them to get excited about it so I totally see that point of view as well my biggest thing I guess and it always comes back to this for me and that's why we named our company what we named it but what is the intention Mm -hmm. Um, what quality are you trying to train here? Uh, you know, so like, and, and this ties into the social media discussion as well. I, I love to see people posting about things like nutrition, mental health, sleep, all that stuff. But there needs, for me, at least there needs to be like a real message. There needs to be real value there. I think a quick reminder is it can be great too, but that sometimes when people when there isn't like you can tell that there's not real thought put into a post it's just like content that's just sitting there like. and i feel like people are maybe throw it out there because they know it's what people want to see mm. um and there's nothing wrong with that per se i'm I, i'm more but mean, you're just saying that's your preference is you don't You'd rather not. I like to look at it more of a value from more of a value standpoint. I've mm -hmm. even heard big influencers like Gary Vee say that like the quality does not matter. It's all about quantity. You have to post every day, two times a day. But I really like I would much rather post <laughs> much more infrequently and try to make add more value to it. If honestly, if I had to post two times a day, it, takes it would a lot be of like, effort. And that's hey why guys, I just took like my second poop of the day. <laughs> it's really important for you to drink water because frequent bowel movements are okay. great. Okay. That's what my post would turn out like. No, I, I hear you. And that's sort of what I'm getting at is that like, great. You said that mental health is important, but you could have also used that time to actually like go and meditate or something or do something for your mental health. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. I, I, I have a love hate relationship with social media in that I think a lot of it is, is not that you can't really take it for face value all the time. Yeah. I think it's a great tool. It, and I, I personally save a lot of informational videos. Like I categorize them in my mm -hmm. saved collection. So I have one on like 
mindset and then I have different um, workouts that I see that I think some of my clients might like, um, stuff like that. So it can become a great tool in that way. But I think that when you when you spend so much time looking at other people's lives and becoming invested in their lives, you're not really thinking about what you can do to move forward. And you're not really considering the fact that like this person hasn't been through what you've been through. This person doesn't have the same life as you. Um, and you and this person might not even have the same goals. So I think it's, it's important to, to context. Yeah. To utilize it as the tool that it is, but understand at the end of the day that, um, you have an actual life that is outside of social media and Mm -hmm. social media will never be able to emulate that. I think I posted a post uh, onto my story that was like, I'm going to continue posting content about, um, just raising awareness for, um, around like racism, around discrimination, et cetera. And if that makes you uncomfortable, like you can definitely feel free to unfollow me because I think I, I know that I have a platform, but it's not, it's not the most important thing. Like if I saw a bunch of these people in real life, I doubt that they would say hi to me. Mm-hmm. So I have a platform, but I'm not really afraid to use it. But while I have it, I'm, I'm going to use it. For sure. And I think um, at this point we should save on um, the, the discussion about comparison and competition for a different episode just yeah. so we don't go too long because we do have a few other things we want to get through um but i think that i think that discussion was really good and i i guess what is great or what can be great about social media too is that like this may be how we approach it but everybody can use it however they want to and mm-hmm. that can be both great and that can be pretty damaging too so um i i don't know i don't think that and it's hard because at as a personal trainer um as a young person in general there is Mm -hmm. definitely a pressure to be on social media and to be active on social media and that kind of sucks because it's not for everyone and Um, i don't know it's a very complicated thing some people just don't have as much luck and i think also um Oh, I was going to say something and I forgot. Should we just move on? One second. Give me, give me ones. One Mississippi. Okay. I don't remember it. Okay. Um, if it pops back up, you can interrupt. Yeppers. Cool. So. (laughs) Oh, oh, I remembered. Okay. Okay. So I always think whenever I'm on Instagram and I just like am looking at people's comments on really famous people's posts or people that like I tend to look up to I'm just like wow I would hate to be in their position right now because yeah there's a lot of like wow that's awesome but there's also like damn you're too buff Mm -hmm. (laughs) or like shit like that and I'm like it would be cool to have a bigger platform but then you feel more inclined to to I don't want to to censor yourself and um then I feel like your feelings get hurt more like I don't know if I could endure looking at those comments um even if they were just like five negative comments Mm -hmm. out of like a hundred positive ones it's like I don't really want to have to 
to, to do that. So sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of glad that like, I don't have those problems. Like, yeah. What's interesting too, is that I find that a lot of the, the, the profiles and the posts that I get the most value from don't have the huge, huge platforms. Mm -hmm. They definitely have bigger followings. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh. it's, it's a really complex thing and I'm sure mm -hmm. we'll come back and discuss it more, but I hope that you guys got something from that. Um, we're going to move on to something a lot lighter, more fun. We have not prepped for this whatsoever. So, um, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what comes out of it, but we're going to spend, should we say five minutes? We can set a timer mm -hmm. playing a game that we came up with called would you rather gym edition i'm sure it's been done before i'm sure it has um not that i know of but anyway um we're gonna spend five minutes asking each other would you rather questions um they can be like workouts they can be mm -hmm. um hypotheticals i'm gonna let you take it however you want you go first okay okay ready timer starts now would you rather do a hip thrust with the hip thrust machine or a barbell i prefer Ooh, I think the machines are really, really pretty good for the most mm. part. Um, the one at our gym, I know that like it's it made for tall people. Well, and it has like two, um, ha I guess hatches and uh -huh. people always put it on the wrong one. Like when they're, yeah. they're, uh, racking it. Yeah. So it gets broken all the time. Mm -hmm. So I probably prefer the barbell just to like, it's, I don't know. It's just a personal preference thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I will say if you have the barbell and maybe I should ask you this, I, I might something along the lines of this, but if you're doing a barbell hip thrust and you don't have a pad, oh my God, that is one of the worst things you just, ever. You just it, you find a happy place. It, like I, I did it not too long ago with like, I don't know, like 275 ish. Mm -hmm. And I like the nerves on like along my hips were just shot. It was, I got bruises. It was very, very unpleasant. The Cretan kids, I would have them do that, um, except for with their feet on the bench. And they would be like, ow, this hurts. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you guys don't have any fat on you to protect you from this dumbbell. Okay, my turn. So along these same lines, would you rather um, have to do a one rep max with a barbell hip thrust with no pad <sighs> um, or an AMRAP? Handstand push-ups. The first one. Because really? You, yeah, because you only um, are in pain for like five seconds. Yeah, I guess. And I would definitely fall on my head. Like if you did a true, if, true AMRAP. Yeah. Okay, your turn. Um, we got to hustle out. We're already only three minutes left. Would you rather squat next to a really big bodybuilder who was like posing with his banana hammock <laughs> in the mirror next to you which has happened to me almost I was benching um would you rather do that or would you rather um squat next to a kid who was doing one of those head <laughs> one of those head raises um, I definitely think I would like you're talking like the Dwight yeah like, okay like a neck. Yeah, but you also have the dumbbells in both hands, and you're doing, like, a bent-over delt okay. raise. Like I don't Dwight think I would doing. be able to keep my laughter down <sighs> in that scenario, so I guess I'd go with a buff bodybuilder. And I'll say that I, too, have probably benched or squatted beside somebody posing, posing before. Yeah. So that's what I would pick. Um, let's see here. Okay, you have to dedicate the next six months exclusively to training for the CrossFit Games. Um, 
or you have to switch to Olympic weightlifting for the rest of your career. Oh, it's a good one. I would not be a good weightlifter. Um, would you be a good CrossFitter? No, <laughs> I hate running. I feel like you don't see anybody with my build at the CrossFit games. Like I have wide hips and they all have like, oh, I'd rather do Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. All right. Um, would you rather? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, OK. I can't think of a rather for that one. Um, would you rather be in the bathroom of a powerlifting meet? Um, for like, would you rather, God, those would, are you, so would you rather clean bad. that bathroom or <laughs> would you rather poop your pants <laughs> on your third attempt at I'd honestly rather poop my pants. Than clean the bathroom. Yes. Those bathrooms are unbelievable. <laughs> okay. Um, would you rather not be able to wear deodorant in the gym, like at all for the remain, like the remainder of your life or never be able to wear headphones in the gym again? Deodorant. You, Headphones are a godsend. Sometimes. So you would you would not wear deodorant. Yeah, I'd just okay. be stinky. Because here's the thing, nobody's gonna come up to me because I stink. And nobody's gonna come up to me because I got headphones in. Okay. i I just do not care. Your turn. Um gotta go rapid fire. Would you rather be able to do a one armed pull up or a one armed push up? Okay, for reps. I'm going to be honest. Neither of these have really ever, like, I've never really cared about either of them. Oh, really? No, not at all. I guess well, one-arm push-up because the Zohan or whatever oh, his name yeah. is. Um, well, I feel like one-arm pull-ups are, like, impossible. I just don't. I truly just don't care. I don't know why. There are certain tasks in the gym that I just do not care about at all. I can't really think of any other ones off the top of my head, but that's one for sure. Uh, last one. Would you rather take 10 scoops of pre-workout to the dome no water <laughs> no water or um <clears throat> i choke on like one or you can't take or or you have to use only pea protein for the rest of <laughs> for the rest of your life pea protein is really bad but i feel like <laughs> 10 10 scoops 10 is going to put me in the hospital yes I feel like I have one bang and I'm like, wow, the fluorescent lights <laughs> are really bright today. Um, you know what? Pea protein, probably because I don't really take protein that much. I take right. it like I take it like once every two days. Fair enough. So that was Would You Rather Gym Edition. Let us know if you liked that and maybe we'll bring it back. Give um, us some questions. I definitely you, enjoyed that one. It. Lastly, we're just going to do some... Um, Podcast, book, music, movie, show, recommendations. Um, do you want me to go first? I can go first. I'm probably going to be quicker. Podcast, podcast I've been listening to. Office Ladies podcast is really funny. If you're an Office fan, that's a good one. Um, Coach's Corner or Beyond the Platform. It's basically all Coach's Corner now because Trevor and Tony don't really have guests on anymore. Um... Oh, I guess I haven't really been listening okay. to podcasts. Oh, oh, this land. Um, so if you, which is indigenous centered. Has that started around, yet? Yeah. Okay. Well, they're coming, they're coming back with um, more podcasts, but 
they deal mostly with um, like Supreme Court rulings on indigenous issues. Um, books. Like I'll I'll go podcast, then you go books. Oh, my podcast. So I'm gonna give um, a couple for it, within different kind of concentrations. So in, in terms of training, uh, I like the Max and Vernon project, which started recently. Uh, the Daru Strong podcast, D A R U Strong podcast, the CSP Elite Baseball Development podcast, the PJF podcast. This guy's such a nerd. And the Just Fly Just Fly Sports Performance podcast. Um, in terms of like social justice news, things like that, um, I like Up First every morning. I like a podcast called Sixteen Nineteen. Um, I've been enjoying Code Switch, uh, We the Unhoused. And I really like this podcast called, I think it's called Let It Burn. Um, I'll Burn double it check. Down Burn it down. Yeah. Burn it all down. Um, which is uh, a bunch of different um, hosts that are in the sports media landscape talking about activism in sports, specifically focusing on um, female athletes and LGBTQIA plus athletes listen if you guys don't listen to as many podcasts as roy don't feel bad he has feel his, bad. he has his airpods in all all day are they in right now they if you want if <laughs> if you could put them in right now you'd have them in right now and then i'll leave, i'll leave it at that books um i'm gonna be honest i haven't been reading really i've been reading the end of policing um one book i would recommend is called the spatial regulation of New York City. It sounds really sciencey, but talks a lot about um, the police force in New York under um, Rudy Giuliani when he was like the mayor of the time and the police commissioner William Bratton. But kind of talks about why policing is so fucked up, um, and more more so it talks about like graffiti and how. Um, how it's graffiti when it's people of color doing it and how it's street murals. and how it's street art and murals when like mostly white people are involved, which I think we're seeing a lot in Minneapolis right now. Talks a lot about like the criminalization of sex work and then also how they let it boom. Um, talks about how um, like drug stuff went inside instead of off the streets. I just think like it's it's a really foundational read. It's by an author named like oh god, Themis Chronopolis or something like that. I think it's it's a great book though. Um, I've read it a few times now, so I would suggest that. All right, for books, I got um, the Fire Next Time by James Baldwin. I haven't read great this book. recently, but I just bought a new James Baldwin book um, today, and the Fire Next Time is one of my favorite books of all time. Um, the Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks was really interesting. I read that a while ago. Um, for training, Triphasic Training um, is a really good one that I refer back to quite a bit. I'm reading Range by David Epstein right now. I also really liked his book, The Sports Gene. I'm also reading The End of Policing by Alex Vitale, which I'm really enjoying. Um, and I will, I'll leave it there. Music. Um, I think Kalon, his album is still... Really good. Leon Bridges. Blah, blah, blah. Leon Bridges album from like two summers ago is still on repeat. Um, Big Crit's new album. 
Yeah, I saw that you had that on your list too. And what can I say? Kamaya? <laughs> Don't sleep on Kamaya. <laughs> um, I more looked at it just from like stuff that's dropped recently that I liked. Um, I liked the new Black EP that's spelled 6LA. It's 6 lack. It's, it's not. not black. He's going to get so mad at you. Good. Um, <laughs> he really dropped like an EP that, that I really enjoyed. He's got like, it's like a weird R&B rap hybrid type of thing that I really enjoy. Um, I liked Summer Walker's new EP. Uh, the Juice World album was good, but very, very sad. Um, I actually enjoyed the Pop Smoke album, which I wasn't really expecting to, um, but I, I did. Um, and then I liked Wale's album quite a bit, or I think it was just an EP that dropped a couple weeks ago. I don't know. I think like it takes me a lot of energy to listen to new music when I know that I could be listening to the old stuff that I really like. I feel that. I still, I make an effort like to keep up with what's new and then I'll just throw it in a playlist. But usually if I'm going to listen to music, I'll just shuffle my playlist. But like yeah. every Friday when new stuff drops or whatever, I'll, I'll check it out. Um, do you have any movies? Um, or should, I mean, I guess we watch, no, you watch movies on your own sometimes. Do you remember anything that I've watched? I don't. My recommendation is Just Mercy because we watched oh, we that watched and it was that. really good. And yeah. then I'm going to also recommend Coach Carter because it's my favorite movie of all time. And I had um, an athlete of mine watch it for the first time this past Ooh. weekend, Kadir. So I'm excited oh, really? to see what he thought. Yeah. Um, wow. What That movie like changed your life the first time you <laughs> see it. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, shows? Um, upload... Hentified. I'm watching this kind of copaganda show right now. This full disclosure, I did not know it was copaganda, but it's called Unbelievable, and it's about like this series of rapes that happens. I'm only like five episodes in, um, but it's basically one of the officers, and they made a really good point on the show. They're like, um, I think it's like forty something percent of male officers. That's probably really wrong, but have like um, some kind of allegation on their <laughs> what is it called on record I don't yeah know, their record and they're still allowed to be in the force but they're, they're like imagine if 50 or if that amount of female or female identifying cops had allegations on their record like they wouldn't be on the force anyways fuck there should be no police officers <laughs> um but I think it's a really interesting show especially when I, I was just reading an interview with Sarah Deer, who's like a foundational indigenous scholar dealing mostly with murdered and missing indigenous women. And she was talking about the fact that um, like the criminal justice system really isn't even um, set up to deal with rape correctly. Not not even rapes that like happen to white world. women. Yeah, hmm. especially not indigenous women. But like, so yeah, I think it's, it's definitely telling of that. That's what I'm watching right now. I, I, I like to watch those little series. Cool. I would ditto on Hentified um, and Upload. I enjoyed those two a lot. Mm -hmm. I've been watching a show called Home Game, which details a bunch of like unique sports from around the world where they're like super duper serious about them. Um, it's really, really interesting. I've definitely learned about some sports I did not know about before. Um, so I've been enjoying that. Um, I think that's pretty much it. We'll wrap it there. Thanks so much to everyone um, who listened, which is you because you're hearing this. Um, hopefully you got something out of that. 
I definitely, I, th- I thought that was a good one. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed talking with you. Um, we appreciate everybody who is going to go like, uh, there's no liking, um, share, like what are the other still. ones, rate it, subscribe, share it. I already said that. Give and us more questions. We, for yes, would you questions, rather? topics to cover, guests you want to hear from. Um, we'll do our best to make it happen. Thanks so much. And we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.